0: like when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous yeah. i need it better boomin want some more cuz i got a really big team and they need some really big rings they need some really nice things better be coming with no strings better be coming with no strings we need some really nice things we need some really big rings i got a really big team hello everybody and welcome big to a week big 1 big review big here on the feeling nice dangerous podcast be i'm your host tyler johnson Got the crew with us tonight. How are you doing tonight, boys?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Zach? When I woke up this morning, I
0: was feeling pretty dangerous. <laughs> you love Zach. I'm good, man. <laughs> hey, let's man. do it. Let's talk about it. Let's do this. Yep. Hey, let, let's do it. Yeah. Week one review, and of course, later in the show, we'll also uh, preview week two against the Houston Texans. But. Obviously, it was a tough game for the Browns. This episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years. So be sure to call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224 for your free consultation. Guys, the Browns fall short to Kansas City and Arrowhead, 33-29-29. The Browns truly played one heck of a game. We were running away with it until about the second half. Coach DeFance came out very aggressive, and it, it was really working. Of course, we know that you can't beat yourself in the NFL, and especially against Kansas City, there is pretty much no margin for error. Uh, in the NFL, there, never is, there, there truly is very limited margin of error. Against Kansas City, there is no margin of error. So mistakes in turnovers lead to points on their end um, the majority of the time. So the biggest question, though, and he's destroyed he destroyed us in the playoffs last year. He destroyed us again on Sunday. Why didn't we have an answer for Travis Kelsey? Jack, I know I saw you on Twitter. You were you had your comments
2: about Joe Woods. Mm-hmm. I want to give you a little minute here early on to speak your piece. Why didn't why didn't the Browns have an answer for Travis Kelsey?
3: The biggest issue and the reason why Travis Kelsey was able to do what he did was because in all honesty, the Browns defense never adjusted. They played the same soft zone all game. You heard Tony Romo literally say it all game. They're playing soft. They're playing soft. They're playing soft zone. And the thing I, I – the reason why even since last year I've been saying that we should look into new uh, options at defensive coordinator is because Joe Woods has not been utilizing his talent that we got in this offseason – to answer the threats that Kansas City poses, I'm not going to get into into the the whole 75 yard touchdown with with uh, Tyreek because that's a completely just rogue thing that happens sometimes, and it's it's of no you know, the the, the scheme didn't matter, but when we are allowing them to constantly get five-yard receptions on on third and three, eight-yard receptions yeah. on third and five. We have to do something to stop Travis Kelsey, and they just didn't do anything. I mean, the dude had, what, two touchdowns, 100 yep. yards? The, the, the guy was the best tight end in football yesterday, and, I mean, obviously he is the best tight end in football as we know it right now, but... There was almost no resistance. We were talking about how we at least need to contain him, and we didn't even do that.
2: I don't understand it. We look like we didn't even try to adjust. Like, where was JOK at? Tyler, I know we talked about this a lot last week. Where was JOK, and why wasn't he shadowing Travis Kelsey majority of this game?
0: I don't know the answer. I mean, he only played on 16.9% of the snaps on Sunday, and I don't understand why that is. I don't know if maybe – that was just the game plan that was set up. Again, yeah, he's the a rookie. Talk, the,
2: the, yeah, the whole talk going into this week was, oh, he's going to start. He's going to make an instant impact on defense for us. You know, he won that position, that, that battle. And we come out, and Mac Wilson's out there getting his ankles broken. You know, no hate to Mac, But, mm-hmm. dude, something's got to change. We need playmakers on defense, especially if we want to compete with a team like the Chiefs or even the Bills. I know the Bills had a – I believe it's a fluke game, but – my goodness, man, something just looked off where it's just over the middle constantly. There was nothing really flashy until that big pass from Mahomes to Tyreek that I think that was a fluke as well.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm right there with you, Jack. I, I will say about Joe Woods, I, I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. I was all over him last year. I was. I felt like we didn't have the personnel, though, at the time that he needed for his defense. Now, that said, we have it this year. I need to see it this year. But mm-hmm. the thing that I'm backing up for Joe Woods right now, what Kansas City did to us on the defensive end, they do to every single team in the NFL. So the, fa- yeah. the fact that we, at halftime, I mean, it, we only held them to 10 points, I thought that was truly incredible. Like, no, I, I mean – I, and so and, and like, I'll give
3: him his props. I'll give him his props that, that mm-hmm. he did really good in the first half. That that we really did a good job of you know slowing them down, limiting them to you know ten points, getting making it so they couldn't uh, you know convert in the red zone. And that's great. And that's awesome. The problem is is that when that scheme no longer works, and we even talked about it uh, last week before before the game, where we were saying, yeah, I think the defense is going to come out strong in the first half, but Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to adjust. And really what matters is how are you going to react to that adjustment. And mm. really, the weird thing is, is that he didn't. He just kept mm. running the same plays. And again, to your to what you were saying, yeah, last year we could give him a pass because we just didn't have the personnel. We had employee 23 out there guarding the guarding the deep ball. So I mean, really, we could just say it's a complete wash. But now we have defensive talent. I know we lost Ronnie Harrison, and I know that you know that that really sucked and that really kind of probably damaged a lot of the game planning but still like there there just weren't a lot of changes or adjustments that they made to try to limit Travis Kelsey to try to limit some of these passes that Mahomes was getting off i mean heck we weren't even really doing a lot of interesting things with blitzing or anything we were just kind of rushing forward and then hoping that they made a mistake which does Patrick Mahomes ever really make a mistake if you give him time
0: no no i mean no. And that's why, I mean, he is truly the best quarterback in the NFL. I think, I mean, him and Tom Brady, I think we can both, we can all probably agree on that. And, and yeah, and that's the thing about Kansas City. You know, they're going to go and make those adjustments. I'm, I'm still going to give, again, it's week one, and you have all these guys, these new faces on defense John Johnson, the third, Tack McKinley, Malik McDowell. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, Anthony Walker. I mean, you have a ton of new pieces on this defense. Troy Hill as well, who um, looked pretty decent yesterday too, coming up, making some key tackles. You have a lot of new pieces on this defense. And you have to remember, a lot of these guys weren't playing in the preseason or really haven't played a lot together in general. And so it's going to take – maybe a week or two, maybe a couple weeks, maybe even a quarter of the season for them to gel. We want to happen as soon as possible, but that's the thing too. I mean, the, like you have a bunch of new players that are coming into this defense. I agree with you though. I, I'm very – there's a hot seat on Joe Woods for me. He's got to show me something midway through the season that this defense has improved, or else I agree with you. I I would look to make a change in that in that department. But I think at least for right now, We need to at least give him the benefit of the doubt. A lot of new guys coming in playing Kansas City week one. Let's see how Texans go. Let's see how the Bears go. Let's see how some of these other games go. But I'm with you, though. Like, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt just yeah. because we were going up against the Chiefs because this is a new defense. But if these are trends that we see, that we continue to see from last year, and really we could almost consider them bad habits because mm-hmm. that's what yeah. they could kind of develop into, that's when we really need to start discussing whether or not Joe Woods is going to be our defensive coordinator moving forward. But I will give him credit that he at least got us the ball back at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's another thing. You cannot turn over the ball, like Tyler mentioned earlier. Like you cannot turn over the ball. Nick Chubb, rare, rare fumble. I don't think he fumbled since that Patriots game where he fumbled twice. If I'm wrong, I, I don't know, but I don't think so. You can't, you can't fumble the ball, Jamie Gillen, I understand that was his first time out there on the field, but you have one job, and that's to punt the ball. He still had a chance to punt the ball, mm-hmm. and he decided to run it. And, and Kevin Stefanski said, the "Ball that he back knew. on the 15."
3: he knew that he could kick it again and yet he just chose one thing i'm one
2: thing i'm wondering about joe woods is where were our like our packages of blitzing like where were our stunts we have all these weapons you need to let them go out and play you need to let them get to patrick mahomes early rattle him early and i just feel like you know our offense was holding us in there but our defense really didn't get after mahomes we kind of just relied on garrett and Clowney and uh Malik, I didn't like watching what we saw. It kind of just looked very basic to me out there.
1: Yeah, Zach, I agree. To me, it kind of looked like they were afraid to be playing with the lead. And we got to remember, this team is relatively new to the concept of playing with the lead against a really good team. And I think it showed in the second half of that game. They just looked kind of scared to play with the lead. There's no question the Browns are a really good team. But I think in order to cross over from being a really good team to a great team, you have to learn how to close out games on the road in the second half.
0: And I would agree with that too. But I mean, like you talked about, you just can't turn over the ball. And going back on Jamie Gill- Gillian, I mean, the Scottish Hammer, we love the name. I mean, we love the fact that he's probably the strongest punter in the NFL. But quite honestly, outside of his rookie year, what is he doing? I mean, he's yeah. been one of the league's worst punters. And I mean, if you have another mistake like that, and even if his numbers don't improve, what, what's the reason of holding on to him at this point? Because he's getting into the point where he's going to need a new contract soon. And it just doesn't make sense, I mean, to hold on to a guy who, I mean, yeah, he's, he's supposed to have this huge leg, but quite frankly, he's not been that great. I mean, these last, last year he wasn't good. He was good his rookie year, but even the start to this year wasn't good either. So that's another guy I think that should be on the hot seat for sure, at least moving forward. I think that's mm. the to watch too. The Browns possibly bringing in a punter, but the big news before the game, it was OBJ was ruled out not long before kickoff on Sunday afternoon. So, guys, um, what are your guesses on why this happened? What do you guys what do you guys think the game plan is for OBJ moving forward? I think
2: it was an OBJ decision. If I'm going to be honest with you guys, I feel like he went out there and he didn't feel 100. percent Do you guys possibly think that like I don't know if it felt like he was going to play. Uh, I thought he was going to play. Tyler thought he was going to play. I, I just don't know. I mean, he's this is. They said something about his hamstring, I believe. Hmm. So I'm, I don't know. Do you think it could be anything to do with you know maybe even traveling the travel and all that kind of stuff? Like, what do you guys think truly happened to point where, you know, he was I was optimistic he was going to play week one, and then all of a sudden right before the game, it was just ruled out out of nowhere.
3: Well, well, what I've heard is that Odell is super like conscientious of everything that's going on with his body, everything that Mm -hmm. goes on with his routine. So apparently if there's anything wrong with it, he might have some misgivings about going. I'd assume that there was probably a process where, you know, Stefanski was asking him, you know, how do you feel? Do you think that you're ready to go? And considering that, I think that it came out that he actually never participated in any in in any like actual physical tackling practice. I think that they wanted to be like 100% sure that he was ready to go. And if he was even like slightly unsure of anything he was going to just you know wave it off and say actually i don't want to jinx anything i don't want to risk getting hurt again so i'll just take today off Mm. and then they can probably try to ease him back into you know physical football uh for next week or uh, or maybe the week after that depending on again how he feels
2: yeah and i truly think that's you know that was an an option on the back burner for the browns coming into this knowing he could be out but I really do feel like OBJ was a huge part of this game plan all week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we saw a lot of Anthony Schwartz like we did yesterday yeah. and not DPJ and not Higgins. I feel like, and I see a lot of fans now talking about it too on Twitter, I feel like this truly, this wide receiver three is truly going to be a game plan decision. I don't think there is a set wide receiver three. I think we yeah. know we got OBJ when he's healthy and we know we got Jarvis. But I think wide receiver three
0: is going to be a rotation between Schwartz, Higgins, and uh, DPJ. Mm-hmm. I, I think going back to OBJ and Cena Anderson kind of reported it. Um, it was a couple hours before the game. It was truly going to come down to how he felt, and he was going to listen to his body. If his body felt right, he was going to play. If it didn't, he wasn't. But now it's sounding like he's not ruled out for week two, but it sounds like they're aiming for week three of his return. There's no hmm. need to rush him back. I mean, no, if, the no, guy's no, not 100%, I if he's not there mentally, just, just hold him out. I mean like we we need him for the long run. That that's really what matters is this long I, run. I'd so, rather have
2: OBJ in January than OBJ in September.
0: Yep. So Troy yep. completely agree with that. And the quarterback comparison, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes 26 of 36, he had 337 yards, three touchdowns, 142 quarterback rating. Baker Mayfield was 21 of 28, 321 yards, 190 and a QBR of 101.8. So guys, real quick I got to go on a little bit of a, of a rant here because we, go, are, we are seeing so much Baker Mayfield hate on Twitter. And quite frankly, it just needs to be addressed. Our star quarter, our, our franchise quarterback went into Arrowhead yesterday. He completed 75% of his passes and averaged 11.5 yards per attempt. Insane. That's absolutely, you don't see that. The yeah. league average was 7.3. So, Browns fans, you're going to tell me right now, and you're going to complain because Baker Mayfield threw an interception that you say cost us the game when, quite frankly, he was trying to throw it out of bounds. Mm -hmm. That's just completely ridiculous. And if you're a Browns fan on Twitter, and and I've seen plenty already saying that Baker Mayfield's (laughs) good, but he's not great because he he choked in the clutch. Let me take you back to that game against Cincinnati where the Browns are going back and forth against the Bengals, score for score that entire game. Baker Mayfield gets it with about a minute left and leads us down for a game-winning drive. Also, in that, also since OBJ went down, he threw about 25 straight completions. Yep. So the whole Baker Mayfield isn't clutch, just isn't going to roll. And seeing that Baker Mayfield hate on there, seeing the fact that he's not clutch, he's not this, even seeing a guy claim that we need to start Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield because Case Keenum's more likely to lead us to wins, just not going to fly, man. Baker Mayfield's out there on an Anthony Schwartz reverse, blocking all the way down the field. When yeah. easily someone I could know. have taken him out.
1: So, Tyler, I don't mean to interrupt, but basically what you're telling people is... Get some facts and come back and see me. Dude, the
0: guy, the guy is our
2: franchise quarterback, and I just don't get why these fans don't want to see a franchise quarterback in Cleveland. It's Like, we've gone through 20 years of straight shit, excuse my language, and all of a sudden we finally get this guy where he can come into a week one... You know, game where a team that hasn't even lost in September since Patrick Mahomes took over, and he goes toe to toe with this guy. He goes toe to toe with the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So, Obviously, turnovers kill you. We beat ourselves this week. We really beat ourselves. We looked like the better team the whole game. We were we were completely destroying Kansas City in that first half. The, yeah. the Browns came in and they made it. They made it known that they are going to completely be a Super Bowl contender this season. So yeah. I'm very I'm very happy with Baker's game. I think he's an elite quarterback. Obviously you want to see some touchdowns and stuff like that. But we are a run first team and it, it just showed. It showed yesterday Baker definitely just took took the team down the field and did what he had to do.
0: He was he was money almost every I yeah. mean he had a few. And then there were a couple of jobs. But Baker Mayfield was about as money as you could be. And, you know, the heart that he shows, he plays his heart out every single game for this team, for this city, for these fans. And for them to come out there and basically say this guy's not clutch th- th- just because he throws a pick at the end of the game, even yeah. though he was trying to make He's a play. He's trying to throw
2: it out of bounds. Exactly. trying to be a smart quarterback and be conservative. Sure. And the one throw that I agree that he missed on was the Anthony Schwartz play where it got broken up by – a great yeah. defense, great defender right there. Well, that wasn't even
3: a miss. That I, was mean, just I mean good defense. That was just good defense.
2: He did put the ball. Yeah, he did put the ball where it kind of needed to be, but he could have led Anthony Schwartz more towards the sideline, which I agree. But I mean, truly, that's like the only throw I saw where Baker was short, other than that Najoku throw,
0: which was third and fifteen when it should have been like third and seven. Also, the heart of Baker Mayfield near the end of the half on that lateral to run all the way down yeah, there yeah, yeah. in order to take the ball. What other quarterback in the NFL is making a play like that or even one trying to do that? Yeah, once a quarterback to do that anymore once a quarterback usually throws the ball, they're behind the play. They're not going to run and do all that. Baker Mayfield's doing whatever it takes to try and to try and win this team games and get the and get this city to do this, its first ever Super Bowl. So fans really just need to understand that like Baker Mayfield's going to do whatever it takes to win. And you know what? I mean, yeah, he didn't have a touchdown. Okay. Like he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and and if we didn't have Baker Mayfield, we don't win, we don't even come close in that game. No, so it just blows my mind, guys. And 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 I love Browns fans, I do. But you're, in my opinion, if you don't ride with six, the guy who got us to our first playoff appearance in over twenty years, if you don't ride with six, the guy who turned zero sixteen into what we are now, into what this franchise is, then in my opinion, you're truly not a true fan. Yeah. You're just going to hate on the guy and find every little thing to bother you about it instead of really just enjoying this team and enjoying this environment that we finally have. We have a winning franchise here and we need to be enjoying it, not trying to not trying to just slam the guy because he threw a pick at the end of the game. And when I woke up this morning I was feeling pretty dangerous. And I mean, I, mean, I, mean, it, but...
3: I think it's hilarious just how everyone forgets like, it, you just watch the game. You watch he has complete control of the offense. He's making no mistakes. I mean, we were, what, three or four on fourth down or something? Yeah. Like, we, we I mean, look, we were we, we were solid. doing really, really well. And, yes, did he throw the interception at the end of the game? Sure. But context matters. He's getting tripped up, throwing it out of bounds on on, on a drive to try to get down the field. I mean, we can all try to say, well, it's still an interception. And that's fine. But if we're trying to say that that negates the entire rest of the game where he was Honestly, elite. I mean, he oh, played yeah, better elite. than Ow. probably Josh Allen and probably Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who both had stinker games. I mean, are we really gonna hold this against him and say that well, he had this this one bad play throughout an entire, you know, four quarters of, of, of football, and therefore he's not our franchise quarterback. I just don't I just don't understand it. I think your guys is the, the standards that some people like place on Baker Mayfield should so be completely perfect every single time is just something that no quarterback could ever really live up to.
2: Yeah. And it just feels like they keep moving expectations further and further for Baker. Oh, no, it's It's always like that. Yeah, but it's just like, it just seems insane to me. Like, what more do you want to see out of this guy to know that he is our franchise quarterback? People say they can't rely on him in clutch moments. And like Tyler pointed out earlier, that Bengals game alone should prove to you that Baker has the clutch in him. Baker is the guy, and I'm just sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of hearing about it. He had a great game. And we
0: really have to get on to some of, some of the more positive things. I mean, obviously, yes. ba- obviously Baker Mayfield played really well. Um, but Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt did, too. I mean, they averaged over five yards a carry together. Mayfield under center. They show blitz. He gives the ball to Chubb. Left side. He dives for the goal line. And he is right up touchdown, Nick Chubb. A four-yard touchdown run by Nick Chubb. From the Kansas City 18, Mayfield from under center. turns, gives Chubb wide open, 50, 10, 5. There he goes, touchdown, Nick Chubb, his second of the day. And the Browns lead 21-10, Doug. They've had the ball three times
1: and have been in the end zone three times.
0: <laughs> three touchdowns combined. I mean, obviously, they, they were in midseason form already. But something to talk about here. Rashard Higgins was only on the field for seven percent of the Browns' snaps. Do the coaches not see what the fans see in him, or do you guys think this could just be game playing? Zach, you kind of hit on this earlier, so kind of go into this a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just truly think that I, I didn't. I don't know because I didn't see Anthony Schwartz coming out and making that impact that he made Week One. I did not expect it. I'm happy to see it. I think that that kid's going to be special. He's going to be a problem. He's going to take off the top top off the defense. And imagine him when OBJ comes back as well. We have a lot of weapons and I get it. We have riches on the offensive end. So I just don't, I don't know. Maybe the coaches are looking at this wide receiver three as a rotational piece. And maybe the locker room understands that because it did not seem like Higgins was upset on the sidelines. It did not seem like DPJ was hanging his head at all either. They were still out there for some snaps, but obviously not a lot. After uh, the OBJ news came out, it just seemed like, okay, we're going to rely heavily on Anthony Schwartz now in the receiving game uh, along with tight ends more, and that, that's that's what we kind of did. Yeah, I
3: think yeah. a lot of it was yeah. probably just just part of the game plan. Just I, I, I still think that Higgins is a big part of this offense. I just think it's – for, for this particular game, they really wanted to try to, to test out that secondary. Probably the fact that uh, Tyron Matthew was still not in the game, they wanted to get back there and test the safeties. And you know, Higgins, he's he's really good, but he's I just he just doesn't have the speed and the verticality to be able to take advantage of that you know glaring weakness in their secondary. So I think that really the 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 fact that he was only on the field for seven percent of the snaps was just you know just a product of the of the whole entire game. Uh, in, in the perspective of the of the offensive coordinator and just what kind of defensive schemes
2: they were expecting. Which is awesome, to yeah. be honest. As fans, we should be happy about that,
0: that we have an embarrassment of riches. I think Higgins is not held to the same – He fans have a high opinion of Rashard Higgins. I, I do. I'm a huge Higgins fan. I have Rashard Higgins gear. I think the fans love Higgins. And the coaching staff, I think they like him, but I think they like other guys more than what Rashard Higgins brings to this team. I Mm -hmm. I really do. I
2: I could totally see it.
0: And I think that goes a little bit on what we saw last season. I mean, Higgins did have a good season last year, but he wasn't getting on the field much when OBJ was here. Mm -hmm. He really wasn't. And when OBJ got hurt, Higgins got more of an opportunity, and so did So I I think that's something to take in consideration there. And I think also Schwartz – Anyway, I'm going to get into him a little bit later here. But Anthony Schwartz, I think he could be the three or four in this offense. I They really liked what they saw. I mean, out of him yesterday, you could see what he brings to this offense. When OBJ, even when OBJ's back, you're going to see Schwartz and OBJ on the field a lot together just because even if Schwartz is not is a decoy, it's going to t- put attention on him. And that's yeah. something that Higgins doesn't bring. As long as Jarvis Landry is in this lineup, you're not going to put – him and Higgins out there a lot together because they're very similar in the fact of the type of wide receivers they are quite frankly and I've noticed this too when they play together again I like them both they're both not the best at getting separation and like like they can obviously they can make the tough catches for sure and that's great but as far as like getting pure separation at that line of scrimmage Higgins and Jarvis are very similar in that regard Jarvis is the better all around athlete, though, so you're gonna obviously play Jarvis over Richard Higgins. But as long as Jarvis is healthy this season, I think it goes OBJ, Jarvis, DPJ at the three. I think Schwartz is the four right now. And I think even when Davian Davis um comes back here from suspension, I think he's gonna get on this af- active roster. And I think did he you, might did have you say DPJ role. at the three. Yeah, D- yeah, D P J is wide receiver three.
2: I mean, he didn't get a lot of looks either, though. Yesterday, he got one target, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but I also think, but I also think too, it, it just wasn't open. I, I mean, I don't yeah, believe I mean, that I he agree. was just on the field running deep. Like Baker threw to whoever was open every time, yeah, and a big part of this exactly. offense, too, guys. The tight ends are going to be featured very heavily. I mean, Harrison Bryant got over over uh, fifteen snaps. Obviously, Hooper and Joku got well over thirty. I mean, themselves, tight ends are going to be featured a lot in this offense too. So that's something else we got to take into account. We're not going to see. Um, A third wide receiver on the field a lot. But when we do, I think it's going to be DPJ. And if we go four, I think you're going to see more Schwartz. It might be a tough year for Higgins unless we see an injury. And I love Rashard Higgins. But right now, I think the fans hold him to a higher standard than what the coaching staff believes in him right now. Well, Again, I think it's not that they my hold,
3: opinion I don't think it's the standard I think it's just the value that they hold to the team I think the fans value him a lot just because of his story you know his coming up his being undrafted us you know cutting him and then him coming back and just you know seeing him p- produce in 2018 2019 2020 but I just think for the game plan he doesn't put he doesn't give the same kind of benefits that you know DPJ and Anthony Schwartz give you. Uh, when you know obviously they have a lot more uh, physical ability than he does
0: yeah exactly and Again, it's going to be interesting to see how much Schwartz is incorporated into this offense the rest of the year because, I mean, he made immediate impacts. He had – I knew we'd have probably a deep ball to him, but even just that short catch he had, I mean, that was something I wasn't expecting to see a lot of him, those types of routes. I was expecting just straight up a deep threat. So Schwartz showed that he can run those routes because that's a big question for him is route running, obviously, his hands. So I think Anthony Schwartz in this offense, he's definitely going to have a bigger role as the season goes on. Um and so one of the things, too, that I thought that was kind of interesting yesterday, uh, of course, is Nick Chubb only got about 15 rushes. Obviously, he looked really good, but do you think God, it was smart to limit him workload-wise, or should we have utilized the run a little bit more?
3: I don't even think that they were limiting him. It just seemed – honestly, they kind of used the run when they needed to use the run, and it worked. And, I mean, we only had how many offensive possessions? Like six. Six. And I think six or
1: seven. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: I mean, really, he the the simple fact is, is that the guy was electric. I mean, he every run he had seemed to break off for like six, seven, eight yards. And I mean, you know, you had him going in there and getting those 15 rushes. You had, I don't know how many rushes Kareem had, but I mean, the fact that they were able to score two touchdowns on 15 rushes, one of them like an eighteen yard run, like into wide open territory. I mean, they just ran him whenever they needed to. They didn't, you know, try to push it too hard. I don't think they even needed to, to focus more on the run um I think that 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 this was just you know a part of the g- just that's just how the game developed and you know the, the, they weren't even really trying to limit him it almost seemed like they were just playing their normal game plan and then once the once KC got the lead they had to start passing
0: the thing I don't think they're really limited limiting him much at all I mean obviously you still have Kareem Hunt there you need to get him touches as well because again that duo, you got to keep interchanging them because they're just so effective together. But something to keep into perspective here, Nick Chubb only had over 20 carries twice last year. That was against Cincinnati, he had 22 carries, and against Philadelphia, he had 20 carries. Mm-hmm. So just keep that into perspective too. I mean, Nick, it's rare Nick Chubb gets over it. I, I, I don't. It's rare that he even has 25 carries in a game. So yeah. I don't think necessarily they're limiting him. I think that was just part of the game plan to get Cream yeah. Hunt touches as well. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, that
2: that's true. I I didn't look at, you know, look at it that way to be honest with you. I I'm just used to, you know, us being a run dominant team. But, I mean, it, it depends on the game plan and how the cards fall to you and like Jack said, we didn't have a crazy amount of offensive possessions and I feel like Chubb was utilized when we needed him to and he of course made an impact, so I'm I'm yeah. not like upset about it or anything. I just truly think that, you know, maybe we could have even control the game and the clock of, you know, the whole
0: game clock more if we ran the ball just a few more times. I mean, we, let's see. We ran it, I believe, <laughs> we ran about 20. 25. About, yeah. yeah, I'd say I think it looks like about 25 times total.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, it, 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 I mean, Hunt only had six of those carries. Schwartz had one. Jarvis had two. Baker had one. And, and Jamie Gillian technically had a carry. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but I, mean, I mean, if you look at it, Baker only threw the ball 28 times too. So, that shows –
2: you know, we just didn't have the ball much. Play. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And, and of course, I, again, that's just going to be the game plan all year. And I even think, too, of course, we are. I wouldn't necessarily say we're a run, like, because people are saying we're <laughs> a run first offense. I think we're whatever the game plan is for that week because Baker can mm-hmm. throw 40 times if he needs to. Uh, Chut and Hunt can, uh, Hubbin. <laughs> Hunt and ah, Chubb,
1: wow. That's the second week in a row. So the
0: best duo in the NFL for sure is Nick Nick Hunt. I mean, Nick, wow. Yes. Nick, uh,
1: Nick, <laughs> Nick Chubb and
0: Kareem. Hunt and Chubb can run it a combined 40 times if you have to. Like, there's just a bunch of different ways that this offense can beat you. And I think yesterday was just an example. We just didn't have the ball that much. But when we yeah. did, I mean, it was obvious we were really effective. The yeah. one thing, though, that is still a little bit of, of a concern, though, and we saw it yesterday, is the defense gets Kansas City. It's a little bit of a concern. I was encouraged. But for you guys, who stood out to you and who looked like they need to take who they, who they need to take a seat on the bench.
3: Well, for me, I mean, Greg Newsom actually played incredibly well for a rookie. I mean, he we, we kind of talked about it, about how he's going to have an easier matchup just because he's not going to have to guard uh, Tyreek Hill. But, I mean, he really came out and did really good. Obviously, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But, uh, I mean, he he really impressed. And, I mean, if we're talking about who who looks like they need to take a seat, I mean, Ronnie Harrison ended up did taking a seat. But, uh, I mean, I, look, I don't want to give him a hard time for this but I'm going to do it right now just because and that's Mac 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 Wilson really had a really a couple of bad plays this game that just made you kind of scratch your head. I mean, he had that the where Patrick Mahomes was just walking around in the red zone and he just walked into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, he did he he did like a freaking Steph Curry shoulder shimmy and, and Mac fell over. I mean, it's just weird and the tackling uh, is still inconsistent heck even on the Ronnie Harrison play if, if Mac had just made the tackle on uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire four yards earlier down the field. Ronnie wouldn't have even been in that area to get you know penalized in the first place. I mean, I I just think that Mac needs to become more consistent as a a, at breaking down at making those tackles, and really that's the only kind of big. Uh, you know, question mark I have on this defense right now. Cause honestly, JOK just didn't have enough, snap, uh, enough snaps.
2: Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is trying to walk into the end zone of JOK is in front of him. So
0: I, agree I, I, I think
2: it's time, I think it's time to put JOK out there
0: completely. I completely agree with you there, Zach. And for me, you know, who stood out Denzel Ward, I, I know yes, that, I, I know that I shouldn't have to even say that it should just be expected. That play out on T- Tyreek Hill, you can say maybe he got there a second early or whatnot. That was an insane play to chase Tyreek Hill from one side of the field all the way to the other and break up that pass. Yep. Not to mention him coming up in the run, in the run game like he does. Denzel Ward is a top-ten cornerback in this league, and after that March Sean Lattimore contract extension that we'll get to later at the end in, in our um, NFL roundup, um, he's going to get paid. I mean, sooner <laughs> or later, but Denzel yeah. Ward for me really stood out. Also... I can't talk enough about this guy, Malik McDowell. He started yesterday, his first NFL uh, start. Who eighty eighty two point nine overall grade was what he received yesterday. That's the third highest defensive line grade in the league as of today.
1: Yeah,
3: he was fantastic. Uh,
0: I mean, yeah. he you, I, and I and I saw it, and I was so excited to see it, guys. On that third down, if you guys caught it too, Malik McDowell was in the middle. Clowney was yep. in the middle. McKinley. Garrett on one side, and they were getting pressure. That Mahomes just is so good of uh, of escaping.
2: But Tyler, is that not the defensive line I proposed to you last week too?
0: That was exactly what you proposed, yeah. dude. It was all about I, it, and I was I, hoping they would. I just didn't know how much going in McDowell would play because yeah. that kind of wasn't quite. I mean, but it, it's clear to me he's taking Billings' spot. He like he's is. he's not starting yeah. so right now, and he should be best guy should play. Yeah, and,
3: yeah.
0: and for me, I. <laughs> Jack, I'm right with you, man. Uh, Mac Wilson and and Malcolm Smith for me. There's no I, I don't understand why. I, I get J O K as a rookie. I get it. I get it's Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league. I find it really hard to believe that Joe Woods went in that game and, and believed truly that Mac Wilson and Malcolm Smith gave him the best chance of slowing down Travis Kelsey. There's I find that right. nearly impossible to believe. Because I, I like both guys, and shout out to Mac Wilson um, for being an alum of the show. Mm, yeah, they're just that was not a good game for both of them. And if you see that, like you talked about earlier, Jack, you have to make that adjustment at halftime. You see Travis Kelsey is torture is, is just torching you on the defensive side of the ball. Why are you doing the same thing? And if anything, why don't you bring John Johnson down to maybe help out on that? Like yeah. you didn't change anything there. You didn't bring in JOK. Okay. You just kept Mac Wilson and Malcolm Smith on him. It just didn't make any sense to me. I don't know really what the thought process was there. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of those things that was really frustrating for me. And
2: because of it, Travis Kelsey had one of the highest PFF grades of tight ends this week with an eighty-nine point two. He he looked. I mean, he he is a stud. Don't get me wrong, and he's hard to contain. But I really feel like the Browns had the opportunity to slow him down more than they did. So. Well,
3: I, I'm going to quote uh, the great Garrett Bush and say that uh, he was playing scared. Uh, Joe Woods was playing scared. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was he I would agree that, that the the you you know that 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 you're that you're you know going up against one of the best offenses and you're just you know you just aren't sure 100 you know whether or not you should change anything up because if you change something and then Mahomes sees it takes advantage of it then you know you're in trouble and he'd rather just you know play safe. The way that he knows how to and you know just try to i guess wear them down throughout the entire rest of the game and it just didn't work
0: yep yeah that, that, that that's truly the reality but yeah you hope that we i i think we're gonna see more jok in week two i really do especially when they get back and they look at the film of this game but going back to greg Newsom, i mean he looked really good in his first start he had 44 snaps he was targeted once he allowed one catch for four yards but overall, guys, what areas of improvement do we need to see on the defense going into week two? I just want
3: to see more adjustments. I just want to see more interesting ways to utilize blitzing, bring more guys in. I mean, we have all these guys who are really good at rushing. I mean, JOK is a monster when you put him on, on, on the line and get him blitzing. We have Miles and Jadeveon, and you can move them around. I don't know why they weren't moved around as much. Uh, honestly, the corner play was fantastic. They were really good. Mm-hmm. Um Really, I just want to see more uh more use of the talent that we have. We have all of these great uh you know defensive linemen now. You know, we have Malik McDowell, we have obviously Javdeon and Miles. I want to see them be utilized better with the use of maybe some more aggressive use of, you know, maybe uh JOK or uh even Mac just rushing the passer. I mean, get we need to get to the quarterback and try to limit their ability to make plays.
0: Yep. Absolutely took the worst right out of my mouth, man. Is that really what is that everything you want to see next week, Zach? Or what do you want yeah, to see?
2: I mean, I really just want to see us utilize our defensive stars that we have now. We have a new look defense, a great defense. I get it, they want time to gel. But these are players that know how, other than Greg Newsom really are players that know how to play. They know how to play the game of football. So go out there, let them play, let them, you know, have fun. Get to the quarterback, use some more blitzes. We have players that can do it, especially with, you know, Ronnie will be back next week. He can he can blitz. He can do anything. So we have the ability to run the defense that Joe Woods wants to run. There's no more excuses for him. He needs to really go out there and let these guys play.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. That's really what I want to see. I want to see Denzel Ward on a corner blitz. I want to see JOK listen the quarterback. I want to see some more. I want to see stunts on the defensive side of the ball. I want to see all of our playmakers being used the way they should be. I want to see um, possibilities of getting Malik McDowell even at defensive end. And putting in and having a lineup with Billings getting in the middle there too. I, I want to see just all the possibilities that really Joe Woods can come up with on this defense. I think it's going to slowly start opening up for next week. But on the offensive side of the ball, I really just want to see more. Uh, I want to see us take take some more deep shots. Obviously, Baker Mayfield he had 11 and a half yards per, per attempt, and that's phenomenal. But what I mean is, I want to see that deep ball. I want to see that deep ball to Schwartz. I want to see possibly that deep ball to OBJ that we saw against Tennessee. I want to see a little bit of that. I want to see us taking that huge shot that we're accustomed to seeing us take at least once or twice every game. So that's well, what I that's what I hope opens up next week.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. I think that that's actually something that's going to happen at especially if we get OBJ back sooner rather than later. Because if we're looking, if if you actually watch the game. There was that one play where where you know Baker was trying to target Schwartz in the end zone. And if you look at the replay, play, Schwartz just didn't know that he could keep going. Yeah. He he kind of slowed Swartz, down, Swartz he turned around. He the ball. And Swartz Baker led him. Like ball. and if yep. he had just kept going, he, probably Baker probably would have hit him in up up route. He would have he would have got him. And I think really that's just that's just inexperience. That's just him still, you know, being a yep. rookie that he hasn't gotten enough reps with Baker probably in, in camp. And what, you know, just they'll iron a lot of that stuff out. They'll be able to kind of, you know, he'll get the feel for uh, for, for what Baker wants from him and they'll be able to, you know, make it work. But I, yeah. I, I totally agree that we, that seeing some deep balls is definitely something that I want to see.
2: That, that was definitely Schwartz being like, Oh, I'm the third, fourth target. You know, I'm not getting the ball this play. And he just gave up on his route. And then all of a sudden, the ball Baker just flies Baker, like yeah, right. Baker had yeah. it fly perfectly where he needed to be, <laughs> as long as he his route, and that would have been a game changer, man. So yeah. definitely, I love seeing Baker build this chemistry with Schwartz. Tyler hit on that during the offseason too. That Baker is building a solid chemistry, you know, in Berea with Schwartz. So definitely happy it's happening. But here's one more thing I got to add for our defense: you traded up for JOK. You traded up for the guy. Go play him. That's all I want to say. Go go play him. Let him go out there and fly around on the defense and bring energy to the defense that we need. Yeah. Yes. Exactly Sorry, all. I had to rant. I had to rant. No, right. no right. man. You're
0: good, you're good, man. No, seriously, right there with you. But before we close the book um, on Kansas City, who are your uh, window of opportunity players of the week nominees presented by Jack Scott Renewed by Anderson?
3: I got to say, Malik McDowell. I mean, he went out there. Three as... weeks in a row. No, no I mean, Listen. I, what no, else I can I it. say? The man has come out here and really, you know, solidified his spot on the roster. I don't know. I don't know anyone who actually thought that with Andrew Billings on the roster, with Tack McKinley on the roster, mm-hmm. that McLeak McDowell would be the one who comes out and yeah. just not only produces in the in the preseason, looks like an absolute beast, then comes out against Kansas City and actually just. Puts on a show. I mean, he he put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, forced him to vacate the pocket a lot, made it easier for you know Miles and Jadeveon to get to Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. I mean, he recorded a sack too, didn't he? Wasn't he the first or no? Was he not the first sack? I thought he was the no, first I sack. I might have Charlie been wrong. Garrett but but I mean, he 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 just made uh, the life a hell for the guys on on the uh, Kansas City offensive line. I mean, he just looks like a solid guy that you can just rely on every single game.
2: Yeah. So I have a little bit of a different window of opportunity player, and it's a star player on our defense. Mine is Miles Garrett. I feel like this week could be huge for Miles. I could see, you know, Tyler, you said that he was going to get three sacks this week. I think going into Houston, uh, Cleveland, but against Houston, I feel like Miles Garrett is going to make a huge impact. He's going to rattle Tyrod. Tyrod's coming off a big game, so he might have that hype around him and all this, but I really feel like this defensive line in general is going to take advantage of Houston's offensive line. And they're not going to be ready for the uh, the smack in the face that Miles Garrett or Clowney are going to give them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 man! I, I absolutely love both your choices. For me, I, I'm going to go a different route as well. I, I'm going to go with Browns tight end David Njoku. I absolutely, <laughs> I the truth, <laughs> I absolutely loved what I saw out of David Njoku yesterday, and he's a guy who we've been waiting to really just make an impact. Come in here we've I've criticized him a lot over his career for his hands for just being a guy who struggles catching the football he caught every single pass that was thrown his way he made a huge difference he was our leading receiver yesterday three catches 76 yards 25 yards a catch he can stretch the defense he's got the speed he's got the athleticism he's 6'4 247 pounds this is the tight end one that I envisioned when we originally drafted him and he's showing up He's becoming that factor. I knew he could be in this offense and a guy who I believe could be here long-term as well. So, for me, it's definitely David Njoku, and I think he's in for a big season this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I agree. He might even become the tight end one, honestly, from the yeah. production that he's showing.
2: Yeah. I mean, Hooper did not, you know, look bad. So Hooper I
3: had some good receptions early yeah. in the game. I mean, Harrison Bryant essentially at this point looks like he's just a blocker. Uh, for At least that's what his, his role is right now. So but,
0: many targets on the yeah. offense that – good targets are used as blockers now. So yeah. <laughs> exact dude, exactly. It's what Harrison yeah. Bryant's used as a lot of yeah. times, even though he had a catch yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's it's <laughs> insane. It's insane.
1: We'll preview week two against the Houston Texans after this on the Feeling Dangerous podcast. September is National Window Replacement Month. As the
3: weather gets colder, it's time to call Jack Scott over at Renewal by Anderson to get 20% off all window, patio, and entry doors.
2: Zero money down, zero interest, and zero monthly payments for 12 months and an extra $250 off your entire project. Don't delay. Offer ends September 30th.
3: Call Jack Scott today at 440-226-6224. That's 440 Two six six two two four and say the boys at Feeling Dangerous podcast sent you.
0: Yeah, I need it. Metro booming, want some more? Cause I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. I got a really. In week two guys, uh Texans come, come to first energy stadium. Uh um, Tyrod Taylor's coming back to Cleveland. And of course the Texans are coming off a nice victory, thirty seven to twenty one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I did say that would be the lock of the week. Jacksonville would uh, beat the Texans so where Tyler was wrong I'm taking the Colin Calvert segment and <laughs> yes. applying it to myself but Tyrod Taylor guys I mean he looked really solid in his first start as a court as a Texans quarterback 21-33 of 291 yards two touchdowns 112.1 QBR what are you guys expecting to see from him against the Browns I mean do you expect him to have another solid no, game or no. do you think that could have to do with the opponent he was playing against
2: I look think, I think I <laughs> played Jacksonville and he played Jacksonville the way he should have played Jacksonville Jacksonville Jacksonville
3: is essentially a college team playing Mm. in the NFL. Mm. And that's not just because Urban Meyer is coaching them. That's because, I mean, other than – (laughs) <laughs> Maybe James Robinson and Trevor Lawrence. Who do they really have, dude? Their coach their gave
2: up on him after one week. Man,
3: this is just not a team that I think can have sustained success. I'll no. give them that. That Tyrod Taylor. I'm so happy that he was able to get another start, and in Texas, and I hope that he succeeds with the Texans. I really do, especially considering yeah. that the AFC South is looking really iffy this year. Uh, I hope that he can actually, you know, see some success, but I just don't think that he's going to be able to recreate that against Denzel Ward and Greg Newsome. I just don't
2: see it.
0: Yeah, and again, I I agree with you guys too. I I think he's a solid core. Like he's a guy who, in the NFL, he can go out and win a game. I, I mean, we have seen that. He's always been a solid, like a solid quarterback in the NFL. But he's not a guy that can just every week go out there and just perform like that normally. I mean, we really haven't seen it at any point in his career. Even when he was consistent in Buffalo, his numbers were never that consistent every single week. So I think he comes back down a little bit to earth next week. Um, it will be obviously be the Browns' first um, home game of the season. So I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him. Not to mention I, this defense, I think, and we believe, it is better than, than – um, <laughs> than the yeah. Jacksonville defense. Yeah, I would, say, I would hope I'm so. Just saying, I'm
2: just saying they're Jacksonville. That's all I'm almost yeah.
0: Say. No, no, yeah. And, and I agree with that. So I think he comes back down a little bit, a little bit more to earth next week. And we see the Tyron Taylor that we're normally used to seeing who's just a game manager out there, not really doing anything. Not really like winning you the game, but not necessarily like losing the game for you either. Mm-hmm. But Mark no, no. Ingram yeah. proved yeah. he can still be a lead back in this league. 80 85 yards and 26 attempts but also guys just that run game of the Texans, too. I mean, Philip Lindsay, he had 20, mm-hmm. 25 yards and a touchdown. The all the running backs for them looked really solid. David Johnson had um 18 yards receiving and a touchdown. So what do you guys think about the Texans run game? Is that really where the Browns need to be keen in on next week? I
2: I mean, I hope we can stop it. I'm not too sure on their offensive line for the Texans. I'm not sure what they're ranked or how you know how they're graded or anything, but you know, we beefed up that front seven. Please play JOK and let's let's just go let's go out there and just win in good fashion this week.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not super concerned really with any of their backs in particular. Like we we like we were able to contain Clyde edwards Hilaire to like what three yards per carry, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and I mean. That I think that obviously these, I think, you know, Mark Ingram is still a a great back. I think Philip Lindsay is still a great back. David Johnson, he's still okay. He's serviceable. But I really, I think just the fact that they have all those backs, they'll be able to kind of rotate them. I just hope that we really don't see any sort of, you know, if, if the game goes long, we don't see any issues with, um, with just having our defense, the defensive line out there taking these rushes all game, you know, and then having basically a, a three-man rotation with fresh legs. So I think that our defense will be able to maintain them. I just hope that if the game goes really long, that just the fact that they have three, like, suitable backs won't, you know, maybe cause an issue for our defensive line. And yeah, I want to
2: backtrack already because I'm not. I'm just messing around. It's the NFL. You can't go in there and thinking, "Oh, we're just gonna steamroll these guys." Tyrod Taylor is a season bet at quarterback. Mark Ingram is a season bet at running back. Brandon Cooks is a season bet at wide receiver. They have targets. They're an NFL team. We cannot take them as a joke. I just truly really think the Browns have all the capabilities to win games like this big. You know, oh, absolutely. I, like, I really feel like as fans, we can we can talk a little bit of cocky now. Like we we've been the punching bag for twenty years, so. You know, I just really feel like the Browns defense has all the talent, too, on the, in the world to stop, uh, depending on game planning. Let's see how Joe Woods, you know, attacks this week. But I really feel like we can stuff the run, and Ty- I don't think Tyra can lead a team to a victory by himself, though. I really don't.
0: Yeah, and I, and I agree with you, Zach. I, I think, too, what I want to see next week, I, I think with what you're talking about, Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's still cooking defenders. He had five catchers, 132 yards uh, last week he's still that deep threat guy. He's their number one receiver. I think you put – you shadow Denzel Ward on him. You mm-hmm. can then get more guys closer to the line of scrimmage to contain that run game. And I think what you talked about, I mean, they are an NFL team. You can't take them lightly. But at the same time, this is a game you're expected to win. Yeah. So uh, us believing, that, like thinking a blowout, that's how I That's how I believe we should be thinking. Yeah. And I believe too. Kevin Stefanski, every time you listen to him talk – it's always this week, this mm-hmm. team, this week. Mm-hmm. Not looking ahead. This this is what we have to do this week. And I think he he's going to obviously have these guys ready to go. And I know the Browns going to come off pissed off that we just lost in Kansas City. They're going to have the home crowd behind them. And I think this team's definitely going to bounce back um, from the loss against Kansas City this week. Obviously, we'll get into predictions here in a minute. But before we get into that, guys, this issue is still hanging over the Texans. It's Deshaun Watson. He's on the active roster still. He doesn't dress on game days. He doesn't practice with the team. He's still on the active roster, still has not been traded. They want five first-round picks for him. What do you guys think happens with Deshaun Watson at the end of the day?
2: I'm personally hearing that this is like a new trend the NFL is actually trying to start is don't suspend players, don't cut players until you get the final verdict on the situations at hand. So I I truly think that's all that the Texans are doing. I don't think they have any plan on playing Deshaun Watson until, you know, the inevitable, you know, what goes on with him. So I think it's going to be Tyrod. I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, man. I, you know, I hope none of this is true. I want to see him come back out and play. But if he did it, he he just doesn't deserve to play. That's just my opinion on it.
3: I, I mean, the real question is, is that even if he gets cleared to play, Who's to say he's not going to get put on the on the exempt list? Who's to say that he's not going to, you know, be barred from even playing in the NFL? Obviously, we, we almost never see that happen, if ever. And, I mean, really, it, will someone trade for him? Maybe if they get desperate enough, will the Dolph- if the Dolphins get desperate enough, will they trade for him? Maybe. Will the Eagles? I mean, they, the Eagles and the Dolphins, who were the biggest suitors that both had pretty decent outings this week. Uh, I mean, really, I just don't see anybody giving up so much draft capital to trade for him for a guy that they don't even know is going to be playing in a year or two. And I just don't see him being cleared for play and for the Texans to actually, you know, put him out there and I don't see Watson even wanting to play for them because he's already said he wants to be traded. I just don't even know. This is such a weird situation. I wouldn't be surprised if he never plays another down at the snap in the NFL, although, you know, people have done worse and have come back. But uh, I, I, I just have no idea, man. This is a crazy situation and mm-hmm. I, I just really want to see how it progresses throughout the year. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's that's my thought too. I mean, he's now going to play another game for the Texans. I think that's more than obvious at this point. But when – even if he somehow is cleared, when will he actually play? That's the question. So why are you giving up multiple first-round picks for a guy that you truly don't know when he might play again? The league could still suspend him for a year. Like That's the thing. And I'm not saying that will happen, but that's another thing you got to take into consideration because the NFL just suspended Browns wide receiver Davian Davis for something stupid that occurred in 2019 that was later reduced to nothing. Mm -hmm. So you have to wonder there what the NFL is going to do with Watson because they haven't acted yet. So even if he is cleared, the NFL will jump in at some point. They're not, Watson's just not going to get off scot-free here regardless. Absolutely not. But he's not practicing with the team. He's on the roster. He's not active. He's making a ton of money. So (laughs) what team is going to seriously trade for that contract for one, but then knowing you don't know when you have Watson, why are you trading for him? Yeah. But I, so, in the two teams you mentioned, Jack, I mean, Tua looked solid yesterday. Jalen Hurts looked really good yesterday. So that's the Eagles and the Dolphins there. I don't know. I I, I think Watson's stuck. I really do. I, I don't really know if he'll ever play. If he'll ever play again, and that wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And our and uh, guys, we gotta we gotta end. Uh, of course, the Texans Browns uh, preview here with our predictions.
1: And Tyler, I want to start us off with the predictions because I'm going to be down at the Browns game on Sunday and I just wanted to start us off with the appropriate music because the game is going to be on CBS on Sunday at 1 o'clock as Tyrod Taylor comes back to First Energy Stadium. The game is going to be on CBS Sunday at 1 o'clock, so here's the appropriate music. So with that, I'm going to lead us off And I'm going to say the Browns will beat the Houston Texans in their home opener at First Energy Stadium on Sunday by a final score of 17-3. to Jack, what do you think?
3: So I think the Browns are going to come out swinging this game. I think that they're going to be, you know, they're going to feel, like, amped up from the crowd. They're going to feel amped up from, you know, how close they got to beating Kansas City last week. I think they're going to come out... Score a bunch of touchdowns, really just control the game the entire time. Uh, I think that we're going to see the Browns come out on top 38 to 24.
2: Ooh, okay. I really feel like the Browns are going to come out a little more run heavy this week. And, of course, Baker's going to take his shots. I I, I want to see Baker go off at first energy. But I feel like we're going to come out more run heavy. But I feel like the Browns are going to step up on defense this week. I really I feel it. So I got the Browns 35, uh, Texans 20.
0: Alright, oh, man, I love it And for me, I think the Browns are going to put up some points this week I think the Browns are going to end up winning 41-24 to 24. Ooh. Uh, This offense is going to come out And we're, we're going to see a show I think Let's we're really it. going to see a show this week uh, Baker's going to be pumped to be back In front of the home fans He's going to wake up feeling dangerous, of course <laughs> But it's going to be a great week And we're going to get back on the right track And get back to 1-1 one one. Yep Yes, sir uh, before before we end the show, I did want to go around the NFL. I wanted to give some scores um, that we have, and even j- just some quick updates from around the league. Obviously, we had Tampa Bay and Dallas last Thursday night. Tampa Bay won a thriller, thirty-one to twenty-nine. One of the surprises yesterday, Pittsburgh went up to bu- to Buffalo and beat the Bills twenty-three to sixteen with a less stellar performance from the offense, but that Pittsburgh defense, guys, as we know. It's gonna be it's really tough, fun. really so tough to them in
2: games, man. Because Ben Roethlisberger did not look good. So wow. that that Pittsburgh defense could lead them to the playoffs if they keep it up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yep, they had exactly. one
0: offensive touchdown. Yeah. So yeah, man. I mean, that, and that's where I'm at too. I mean, that defense is really gonna keep them in games this year. Uh, some more scores from around the league. The Eagles beat the Falcons 32 to six. Bengals, uh, good start for them at home I mean, they beat the Vikings 27-24, to the Browns go there in a couple Go to Minnesota in a couple weeks Yeah, so uh, Kevin Stefanski Goes back to Minnesota that, Yeah, is that a good sign
2: for the Browns going into the Minnesota Or is that uh, the Bengals aren't messing around This year, so who knows, I mean, they they play With some heart, so Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and Joe, Joe Burrow looked pretty good He yep. did look good yeah, yesterday absolutely. I, I'm, I am happy to see that, I'm a, I'm a big Joe Burrow Guy as well, so
0: yeah, huge on, Joe, huge on Joe Burrow, Ohio kid. I mean, even though he's playing for the Bengals, definitely rooting for him, especially coming off that serious injury. Yep. Uh, of course, the 49ers took on the Lions. They won 41-33, to 33, but that actually became close at the end with Detroit uh, scoring 16 points in the fourth quarter to only <laughs> yeah. lose by eight. Yeah. So, I mean, they... They did close that gap there. Another one of the big surprises, guys, and we will face them this year. The Cardinals going into Nashville and beating the Titans by a score of thirty-eight to thirteen. Kyler Murray with five total touchdowns on the day, just an amazing performance by the Cardinals' offense. Yeah. Seattle goes to Indianapolis, winning by a score of twenty-eight to sixteen. Chargers, Chargers took on Washington. They went to Washington, won by a score of twenty to sixteen. There, Panthers and Jets. Sam Darnold beats his former team, nineteen to fourteen. Texans. We talked about it earlier. Uh, winning at home against Jacksonville, Irvin Meyer took a a big loss in his first game, thirty-seven to twenty-one. Have to wonder if Jacksonville's going to win a game this year. It, it's week one, but man, you just have to wonder. It, it's hard to see when uh, gimme wins for that team. Uh, the Dolphins went to New England and beat the Patriots by a score of seventeen to sixteen. So talk about. Big-time defensive battle there. Mac Jones looks pretty good. Zach, you and I are known for saying he was the best quarterback of this draft class. Obviously, there's plenty of time to still determine that, mm-hmm. but first game as a pro, I mean, he's he played really well.
2: So do you think, though, that that has anything to do with his comfortability, I guess, right now in the system? Do you think it has anything to do with, one, of course, Bill Belichick and stuff like that, but
0: two, the uh, release of Cam Newton. Do you think that kind of took a lot of pressure off of him? I, I I do, but at the same time, I feel like maybe there wasn't a ton of pressure because Cam. A lot of people believe Cam would be the starter. I don't think they believed that Mac Jones would come in here and start. Mm-hmm. I think they believed Cam would be in here for another year um, to groom Mac Jones. That's yeah. partially what I thought, and so I don't know if there's necessarily a lot of pressure on him. But even as a even as a quarterback, too, your job as a head coach is and as a front office is to build that team around your quarterback. Yep. And so you're going to play to whatever strengths he has. So there's you could argue there's no better coach in the NFL than Bill Belichick at doing that. Mm-hmm. And Josh McDaniels at, at running that offense to whatever Mac Jones strengths are. So just something to keep in mind there. I mean Mac Jones could um, have a solid season for the Patriots. Yep. One of the bi- one of the uh, this might be the biggest shocker for me in the day mm-hmm. was New Orleans playing Green Bay and winning by a score of 38-3. to three.
3: Just retire, James- Aaron. Just go. Just go <laughs> into that sweet not good not night. Not My god,
2: respect man. respect the Jameis Winston. Put some respect. No, Jameis Winston.
0: Jameis Winston, five <laughs> touchdowns, and no stolen crab legs. So <laughs> no <laughs> stolen crab and Listen,
3: Jameis Winston absolutely balled out. Aaron Rodgers looked like a dude who just got like caught on live PD. I yeah. mean, he 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 was not he did not look good at all, and that was like the worst start you could possibly have after holding out in the offseason and complaining about
2: how you're not getting mm-hmm. enough respect mm-hmm. in the front office. Getting all I mean, the attention on the pregame show with your interviews about it. I mean, that was terrible, man. Yeah. that was bad. Time for Jeopardy,
0: buddy. I think I was just going to say that. I think his plan is really just to take over Jeopardy at this point. Yeah, <laughs> <Jeopardy>. <laughs> but a couple other scores just to end it from around the league: Broncos. Twenty-seven Giants, thirteen. Uh The Rams put on a show against the Bears, thirty-four to fourteen. Yeah, oh, the storyline there, effort. yeah. The storyline the story there though, Justin Fields did have a rushing touchdown, and he did play in that game. So, yeah, what are the it, Bears doing? Kind when do, of do we,
2: weird? When do we see Justin Fields? I don't know. It was kind of weird. Andy Dalton at one point led them down to the red zone, and then they put Fields in there to take a shot at the end zone. It's like. Field. I mean, uh, Dalton did not look happy on the sidelines when they did that. Too. Listen,
3: man, they just put him in for the Wildcat. That's they're just going to have this two quarterback just system. Think, just I
0: just don't think Matt Nagy <laughs> knows what he's doing right now. Of course, now. He only does. only Kyle Shanahan knows how to run two quarterback system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I think we see Justin wrong. Fields Week Three when when he comes to Cleveland. I really do. That's that when Justin awesome. Fields will play his first game, his first, his have his first NFL start. I would love it. Yeah, some other news from around the NFL. Some kind of significant news here. We did have quite a bit of injuries. I'm going to start with one of the one of the bigger names. And he's a former Buckeye. Jeffrey Okuda uh, ruptured his Achilles, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so, so he is done. Is for the, yeah, he's done for the year. Definitely a tough loss there. He's had a tough start to his career so far in the NFL. Raheem Monster, um, he. He ended up having an, an MCL sprain, so he's out for, uh, for about six to eight weeks, it looks like. A couple Fraser, other
2: ones. Three sermon time yeah. in San Francisco, it seems like.
0: Uh, and, well, Elijah Mitchell, over 100 yeah. yards yesterday. True. Looks like he could be the guy. But on the Brown side of things, guys, that's really good news for us is Jedrick Wills is looking at a day-to-day. Yeah, that's good With his ankle injury. Mm-hmm. So that's really good news, obviously don't want to rush him back too soon so just something to keep an eye on though is that's now a long-term injury so that's really good to hear Marshawn Lattimore suffered a torn ucl in his thumb he's gonna under he will undergo surgery but he's just expected to miss a couple of weeks there Mm -hmm. and jerry judy for yeah. the Broncos, he's going to be out about six weeks with an ankle, with a high ankle sprain. That looks a look,
3: bigger injury.
0: Yeah, that looks really bad. I mean, if if you, I don't know if you guys saw that. That yeah,
2: actually looked I thought, really bad. I thought he broke it for sure. I'm I'm happy it was just a high ankle sprain, but I mean, even that can take time to come back from, especially at his position. I feel I feel very bad for him.
0: Yeah, and some. And one of the free agent signings too, just to get to obviously the Ravens have been decimated by injuries, losing Gus Edwards and Justice Justice Hill and and J.K. Dobbins, uh, all the season-ending injuries at the at the uh, running back position. They have signed Latavius Murray on a one-year, two million dollar contract. He's immediately on the fifty-three man roster for tonight. They also have added late running backs Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman to the practice squad. So huh. the Ravens are trying to at least. Make do with the situation they've been giving at running back. Um, but before but before we round out the NFL roundup here, a big contract and this will have implications for Browns quarterback Denzel Ward. Marshawn Lattimore, Saints cornerback, agreed to a five year, ninety six point six million dollar contract extension that could be worth up to a hundred million with sixty eight point three million guaranteed. It includes the largest full guarantee signing for any cornerback in NFL history. So we now have a new highest-paid corner in the NFL. So something to monitor for there I because, want. yeah, that's the question. Yeah. That really is the question. Denzel Ward. Will
2: Denzel Ward get that kind of contract, or will, or will AB work some more magic? So
0: We'll see, man.
2: We'll see. I mean, he'll ask for it. You know he'll ask signing, for it. Yeah, yeah such, so. exactly. And we, we've heard that before that that's what he's going to ask for is the top price, obviously.
0: Be stupid yeah. not to. Yeah. So... Yeah, no doubt about that. Can't wait to see what happens with Denzel and how Andrew Barry will address that situation. But that was around the NFL. And be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts uh, give us that five-star review again. Appreciate everyone that tunes into the show every single week, especially now that we're in season. We look forward to providing you with great analysis of the games and even previewing every matchup for you as we go. Be sure to also be following us on the social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast Cle. And, of course, remember, this show is just presented by Jack Scott, Renewal by Anderson. If you need the best in replacement windows, be sure to give Jack a call today. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Give Jack a call for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We're the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you very much for tuning in.
1: All Cleveland Browns highlights that appeared in the preceding episode appeared courtesy of the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.